Hello there. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. You know, every time that I wind up doing one of these podcasts for one reason or another, I always wind up having to download this app onto my device, <laughs> go through the whole process all over again, and reinstall it and log in and after i'm done i delete it and i'm on to something else some other place normally another device and uh, i'm not not very proficient at this shall we say but i'm but i'm here at home now at my desk thanksgiving i sitting here thinking of my surroundings i have this this wonderful roll-top desk that I use for my writing when I'm home. And I got it in West Virginia, and it came from Louisiana. I had my sister pick it up for me. I saw it online, and I said, you have to get me this desk. And she said, okay. So I said, I'll pay you. I'll pay you whatever they want for this desk. I This this is the desk I've, I wanted. It's not the exact perfect desk I wanted, but it's... Um, It'll work. <laughs> so th these people had it. And when she went to pick it up, they were like, oh, oh you want the desk? And she said, yeah, we're here to pick it up. And they said, oh, and they're like petting it. And they're like, well, we brought this up from Louisiana with us. It's like a family heirloom. And is it going to a good place? And she's like, yeah, uh, it it's why? And the woman says, do you have plans for it? And she says, yeah, my brother is a writer. He's pretty well known. And uh, you can look him up <coughs> if you want to. And he's going to use it to write in. And the woman's like, oh, oh, that's wonderful, you know. So so I have this, and I'm sitting in the chair. I have this. This chair is very special to me, too. And it helps formulate just this feeling I get when I want to write something or do a podcast or reach out to everybody, the, the memories I have. And I'm surrounded by memories in many ways, ones that uh, most people will throw this, this stuff out. And that's exact, exactly what happened with this chair. It was something that was thrown out. I had a very nice comfy chair and I had... Last spring, my neighbor passed away that did the elections with us, was a very dear friend of mine, and I was in shock. And after her husband had died many years ago, we'd been very close, we'd check on her, and we would always go up uh, when I was around. My mother would go up mainly, but if I wasn't around, I'd go up and play cards, and this, this woman would make, <laughs> she'd make a, a screwdriver that was really strong and it was really a great drink and we'd sit there and play cards uh crazy eights uh i forget what all else she had <coughs> kings in a corner was one and we'd talk and it was it was wonderful it was really wonderful she was a nice nice lady and so she passed away and they had a big dumpster and i'm watching them throw all this stuff away and my other neighbor goes hey you see they threw the table and chairs in and I sat there and said, yeah, yeah. And, and sentimentally, me being this somewhat famous writer, <laughs> dumpster dove for that chair that I sat in all the time and sat in and played cards and talked and had a wonderful time every time with 
and uh, I put a new, um, I have this vinyl, this leather type of vinyl, it's like an ostrich, on my desk. So I took the vinyl off of that one and refinished it with that same vinyl so they matched. And it looks like they were made for each other. So when I, when I sit here and I do a podcast or write about something, I do it and it reminds me of all these things. Looking around my desk, I'm thankful of. And um, when my neighbor passed away, she had a great many tobacco tins that uh, her husband collected. And her grandson gave those to me and said, uh, do you want these to remember my grandfather and that with? And I said, yeah. So I have them around too, lining the back of this this desk. There's uh, half and half. All kinds of different ones. Revelation, I kept that one just to remind me. What you're doing here, it has to be Revelation, and I like the book of Revelation. <laughs> and I have this other wonderful 10 that I mentioned, I looked at, and it was from the 1830, like nah, let me see here, I can't even talk. I have all my Birmingham Pen Company stuff in this one. This one is from, uh, oh jeez, the late 1800s, I can't read it right now, but... Um, you know, these are the things that we have more so than people, and uh, did a lot of thinking today because this is the first Thanksgiving that I haven't been around my sister. I uh, spent it here at home. Yeah, we're all making these sacrifices because of this pandemic, and hopefully, we'll live through this. Uh, we have a new administration coming up that actually cares about people or appears to um and a vaccine that um should save a lot of lives in the meantime we're going to lose a lot of lives we've been through this horrible year but in that same aspect we have to look at it and say you know this is not a year where it's a typical Halloween and dress up and go through these routines and take everything for granted. This year is not about things you're buying somebody, Black Friday sales. It's not about Christmas being about the commercialized Lifetime movie bonanza. It's the heart of what all those Lifetime movies are about. If you, if you sit and watch them, and I've been forced to <laughs> against my will... Uh, you see a lot of romantic uh, comedies that are in, in deep in romantic um, dramas. They have a lot of beauty to them. They, they teach you exactly what people need in life. And it all boils down to family and friends and not about the things you buy. I think I think we all kind of go over the line when it comes to buying things. Um this year, it's it's not about that. And for many of us, it's going to be not being in the places with the people. And for a lot of people, it's going to be not the people we had around because they're not here anymore. Because they've succumbed to this disease. I think of my friend John Prine and his wife. Not really dear friends of mine, but, you know, I knew them. And um, a fan of his for many years. And I think of... My friend Nikki Williams and her grandmother and 
it, it touches very deeply. And then, then this week, you know, I didn't go to my sister's for Thanksgiving like I usually do. I find out that one of my uncles has uh, COVID. And I'm not mentioning his name. I'm keeping his privacy there. But uh, it really, really, really chokes me up. It really uh, hits close to home. So to me, it was a Thanksgiving that uh, I think for many of us, not myself only, it uh, is important that we all dwell on those important functions of life that we may not be here next year. Many of us will not, and that's horribly tragic. It's unnecessary because we should have had better systems in the richest country in the world to be alive, not to be political, but there's nothing political about human life. It's affecting human beings. The more human we are, the better we are. So, I didn't do a lot today. I'm having a drink here, thinking about all you. I wanted to do a podcast about what we are really thankful for, and it, it begins with music. So, I'm not going to get into a lot of the personal details. I keep my private life that way. But, and I have, I have a lot of stories, but today... I was thankful that I got to turn on Sirius Radio, Willie's Roadhouse, and Paula Nelson, the great advertising this. And I, I love Paula. Who doesn't love Paula? She is just... I have two really good people that I I really think highly of. One is her niece, Raylan, which is probably like one of the greatest musicians that there is. <laughs> Raylan Nelson is, she's been through it. Um, she's got a good heart in the right place and she's just phenomenal. She's honest, she's pure, she's kind, she's she's all that. And I love listening to her music. So part of listening to Raylan, I listen to, of course, uh, Paula, which is Willie Nelson's daughter. And Paula runs Willie's Roadhouse on the Sunday shows and she did it. The, today. Paula is a very phenomenal person. She's got a sense of uh, values that I really love. Like she's got conviction. And I am very proud to have stood up for some things for her too as well when she said something's wrong and I can't believe people are doing this and I'll help and say, hey, yeah, yeah you're right. You know, she, she stands for what, what her Belief is, and I, I can really sum up Paula's beliefs and Raylan's and other people I know that we're all on the same pathway here. That you know, it's about people. It's about what's best for everybody, and uh, being loving and kind, and using those gifts and blessings life has given you to help others. And she, she did this this Thanksgiving thing with Willie, and uh, I forget the two other people. I'm sorry. The one woman was from Pennsylvania. I know her know her story. Uh, I should know it. She's another another Pennsylvanian like me. But historic country music people. And Paula's sitting there with, with her dad. And it, it, it touched me very deeply today because it reminded me of one of those conversations sitting around a table with my dad. And 
Um, I loved it. I loved it. And Paula, I want to thank you for doing that. Um, there were some songs Paula sang, and she has a very sweet voice. So, well, Willie had all these, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little tear in my eye here. Um, Willie had all these stories about his new book he wrote, about him and his sister, Bobby. And you could see this was Willie going back to the Willie that when I grew up. Because uh, Willie did a lot of concept albums in the 70s, 80s. And now he's really focused on his kids and on his work he's doing. And it's wonderful. He's, he's stabilized. He's, he's a famous singer. He's got his name brand that everybody knows who Willie Nelson is. But I grew up on his albums like Redheaded Stranger, uh, Moonlight in Vermont, which one that was, uh, Tougher Than Leather, all those classics. And I felt going back to those stories, you were, you were, Taking somebody, Willie, Willie never never believes his own hype. He knows he's famous. Willie doesn't need to know his own hype. But when you've ever seen an interview with Willie Nelson or dealt with these people, you don't get the sense that they think they're better than you or they have money or they don't, you know, they're, they're human beings like anybody else. And Willie said something very, a couple things very moving to me. And one was where he said that, you know, he can't wait to get back out and perform. It doesn't matter if it's upstairs, downstairs, or whatever, attic, and 10 people, 20 people, 100 people. He misses that feeling of connecting with a crowd. And it, um, where they're singing along to the songs, and what he's basically saying there is that they mean something to you. Those songs are ones you've carried with you in your life. And he's, he's going to do a lot to give back. I know Willie. <laughs> okay. If I know Willie, like I know Willie's done this whole year, it's going to be, he's going to really give back to his fans. And you use that word fans but really they're friends. These are, these are people you connect with on a soulful level. It's in much the way that Wayne Dyer had said, and I feel when I write something, when you write something, you feel as if some divine part of being alive is speaking through you in that moment that you're alive. It's a gift. That moment of your life is a gift. And those words are a gift. And when you share that with someone else and you connect with them, you connect on a deeply spiritual level, and that's what makes all good music matter. And, and with country music, it connects on a lot of the pains that people go through. So that interview was wonderful. You had the sense that uh, you were sitting around the table, Willie and Paula, and Thanksgiving dinner. And that, that gift was probably one of the most important, wonderful, amazing gifts that Willie Nelson has given us this whole year. Because it was so full of hope and love. And um, his new book has an audio book. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, 
There she is. <laughs> Raylan just texted me. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving to you too, Raylan. And um, <laughs> where was I? A lot of hope in it. Okay. Um, an audio book about, about his, his new book with him and sister Bobby reading it. And I said, wow. I said, you know, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's phenomenal. I want to get the audiobook now. I've read part of the book and I want to read, I want to hear them read it. I just need that. I mean, it's like I've always wanted to do a good audiobook. Uh, it's a little different when you're talking a novel. Poetry's tough enough. Each poem is like a song. You sit there, I have like my books are around 150 to 200 poems. You sit there and record 150 to 200 of them at a time. Uh, book is book does the same thing you know it's it does uh it does that same thing <laughs> and it's but there's a lot of reading to do and you want to get every word right and you want to get it perfect and if you're recording any of these like i had in the past in the studio they're really technical on it you enunciate this word differently do this differently well when i record these poems i've been doing i enjoy just the process of being raw and I, I want to hear the audiobook now. <laughs> so the question came up today. Someone asked me, uh, <clears throat> what concerts have you been to? What are, what are the top concerts, you know, that people have touched your life in the music industry? And um, there's been a lot of them. I've, I've seen a lot of different play, singers. I've seen Foreigner. I've seen, I've seen everybody. But I'm going to go back to a few that I really were touched by, the good and the bad. And I'll... I grew up around a lot of country music singers. I grew up around Tex and Brother Mark and Henway and uh, you, you name all those bands, uh, Corbin Hanner, I've seen perform. But a real true concert. And it, this isn't totally a, totally a happy story, but it, it does have a good meaning. It showed me what music really is. And it was a Willie Nelson story. Um, the first time I saw Willie Nelson perform, you have to understand, I grew up listening to all these songs, and especially Moonlight in Vermont, and Willie Nelson was like Santa Claus to me, okay? Uh, <laughs> he's, he's one of, not one of my heroes, but he was somebody like Santa Claus that if you'd ever get to meet him, then you'd be like, you don't know what to say. What, what do you want for Christmas? You don't know what to say. Um, that's how much I look up to the man, and as a young writer, him and Chris Christopherson were two of my favorites, and... As I've stated before, you always wonder if you meet your heroes, do they match up? Or is this going to be a huge disappointment where they don't? Well, the first time I saw, I was like in, I think it was like 1995, 96. I saw that Willie Nelson was performing around here. My mother had been a big fan of his, and I said, you know, we ought to go see Willie Nelson. The tickets weren't cheap. It was at some big festival in Maryland. And talked about this for a while. One of my grandmothers. And grandmother was not a Willie Nelson fan. And they were old school. Porter Wagner, all these, you know, Red Sovine. And and uh, they weren't into the outlaw country. That was kind of pushing it still even. But uh, they were like, you should do this if you want to. And... We went, we got tickets, and we parked along the 
interstate it was. And it was weird. They had you parking on the interstate and they would shuttle you back. So I'm out of my element. I'm, I'm a young kid. I'm 15, 16 years old. And I took a bunch of my poems I'd written. <laughs> this is so stupid now I'm saying this. But this was young me. I'm taking these poems and I thought, wow, maybe, maybe I'll get to meet Willie. And I had no concept of how big of a concert this was going to be. These speakers were bigger than my house that they had. And it was, I think it was Gretchen Wilson. Uh, Sleep at the Will was playing. A bunch of different bands. And you would pay, and it was, it was a two-day thing. So I'm like, okay, where are our seats? Where? Wow. <laughs> I'm acres and acres back from this, this stage, right? And um, there's... 30, 40,000 people at this concert. Rocky Gap. There's this huge mountain, and this guy lived on the top of it. He was a hermit back in the 1800s, and it was, it was, it was a park. It was a state park. So we went there, and I'm, I stood in line for like two hours to get a Willie Nelson bandana, and I think I paid $20 for it, which... When I was a kid, that was like money I didn't have. But again, this is like, this is meeting your heroes. And not, not that Willie Nelson is some magical hero to me, but this is, this is put it into words as this young songwriter, as a young writer. This is meeting somebody that meets the ideals that you've listened to all your life, that has given you hope that this is the importance of what you write down matters. What you write down is as important as anybody else, be they a multimillionaire or anybody else. And you are chosen by your gift to speak in a way that other people can feel and take that divine spark and carry it on. And you felt it all your life through the song. So he was the last performance. And I'm, I'm going through all these other bands that I really haven't heard of. They're newer country. They're not my thing. And at the end of the night, I'm in this anticipation that just has me standing outside my own body that I'm actually there. And I see Willie Nelson go on the stage and he's got arms like, uh, I mean, the guy is, he's, he's built, he's tough. He's got, this guy's got good arms, got trigger. I mean, sister Bobby's there, Paul English and they're playing all these songs I grew up with. My mom had that I grew up listening to. Because when I grew up, grew up, grew up in poverty, we had a record player. And I switched to cassette tapes later on. So uh, all those old classics. And his spirit album was out. So a lot of people had towards the end of the night, okay, let's say 30 to 40,000 people, five five porta potties it was not a pretty sight at that place with alcohol in the hot sun and uh people started clearing out but willie's on stage for like three hours and he's just non-stop just pouring his soul out and i was so blown away towards the end of the night i got almost towards the stage and uh, 
I was just very honored to share that space there, listening to that him perform in that venue because they were going to close this park down. It wasn't going to exist. And it was, this was the end of the night, the last performance. And he knocked it out of the park. And I think he didn't even take a break for water or a water bottle, you know. And I was like, wow, maybe I'll get to meet him and give him these really, they, they weren't the greatest poems, okay. And I don't know why I wanted to give him these poems. I, read. I, I wanted to meet the guy. All my life I'd known a lot of country music people. And I thought, oh, maybe I'll get to meet him, you know, get him to uh, get his autograph or something. I don't even know why I'd want somebody's autograph. But it was just, wow, this is. This, to me, as a young songwriter, meant the world to me. So they had everything gated up. And I'm standing in line at the end of the night. There's like 15 people. And this woman is drunk, and she has a cigarette, and she puts it out on my arm. <laughs> and I had this burn on my arm for like a month. I'm trying to, like, you know, get rid of this burn on my arm because this drunk woman is standing there. And... They were like, this radio station was there. And they're like, oh, you guys standing in line to meet Willie and that. Oh, we're, and he go back and forth between the gate. And I said, oh, great, you know. <clears throat> and uh, it, uh, they were playing along with this. And I thought, wow, this is kind of neat. You know, this radio station is going to let us all get to meet him. And it, it'd be kind of fun. It's part of that environment. It's part of Willie talking about. The, the interaction you have with your fans when you get to actually feel that energy. And next thing I know, the people that run the venue are saying to us, they take this guy from the radio station and they shove him out of the way. And they say to us, look, you guys have to get out of here. We're going to call the cops. We're like, why? You know, we, we were just told we're going to meet this guy. Uh, it's cool with him, you know, and they're like, no, no, no. And, uh, I was really hurt. Okay. And the cop cars showed up and I said, let's get out of here. So we got on the bus, the last bus they had, and we got on the bus and back to the interstate. And I thought, wow, did I, what did I, what did I just feel here? What did these people just do at this radio station that really wanted to meet his fans and what what did just just happen here? So I read him a letter and I said, you know, what is this how you treat your fans? And he wrote me back and he said, no, 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 no. That was that venue doing that. And they said, you know, we want we want to give you a free tickets to any concert with backstage. He he apologizes profusely, and he didn't need to, okay, because I knew that wasn't him. I knew those people. Those people were running this big concert, and I thought, man, you know, that was my one big opportunity to get to just meet the guy and say thank you and you get that so much as a writer I, I get it now that people I don't even know hey I read your book thank you and uh it, it's it's a very touching thing but it comes out of nowhere when you least expect it you're busy you're with your family something it touched me the most because the letter he wrote back was so kind I didn't need to meet him at that point I knew that Everything I believed as a songwriter, everything I believed as a writer in demand was true. Meeting my hero was that. Uh, well, not my hero. Meeting somebody that I connected with on our level as another artist. That it encouraged me through his music 
and so many others of a type of truth that you can portray and live without having to step on other people. He, he did it. And he, he was profusely sorry about it. And I, I still think, you know, hey, um, that meant so much to me to show me that no matter where you at, you're at, take the time. Don't let the people that are your handlers or the people running things screw things up. He he really said that wasn't his way. And I've ran into that. How many times have I been at a poetry reading or something else and I saw things that I didn't agree with? There was one at college, in fact, that inspired me based on how that happened, how Willie said that to me. Um, I had a poetry reading where all the people that were of color or different races were not spoken about. Just, just us. And I said, don't, don't put me in your article and I won't read at your venue because, you know, these people that are coming all this way to read are not getting the time that I am or this person is and my audience is. And I, I really learned from that experience, that amazing experience you're seeing him perform, that the music you make reaches out in so many ways long after your life and in the, you can't control everything, but always take the time that if you can to write a letter to somebody, do something kind. Um, that, that was one of the deepest, most spiritual times of being in a concert. And it was, it, it taught me that, um, Never forget where you came from and always do what you do with love and kindness. Uh, I never wanted to see those other bands anyways, by the way, that I'm pretty sure those are the ones that they were causing a ruckus. They, they wanted to go drink and uh, they didn't want to meet the fans. But my thing was I wanted to thank Willie and I got to. Second of all was... Uh, my grandmother wanted to see Loretta Lynn. And uh, people looked at me like I was crazy. That's that's not my wheelhouse of music. All my friends are into rock. This is later on. And uh, my mother and my grandmother and I went to see Loretta Lynn. It was a bus trip. And these bus trips, they, they, they make it where half the trip is the bus trip. To me, I want to get to see the band play. I don't care about the Cheesecake Factory, the movie you're playing on a bus. So it, it, that, again, was not my idea of fun. But I got to see Loretta Lynn and her daughters and experienced that with my grandmother and uh, my mother. It was Wheeling, West Virginia, I saw that. It was like a little uh, music city hall there and performance. And Loretta Lynn, the coal miner's daughter, Grew up watching that movie. Grew up with the songs. She's just as beautiful as the day that uh, she ever was. And that's that's a memory of mine that I'm always thankful for because I experienced it with my grandmother. And it was the only time I went to a concert with my grandmother. <laughs> it was her type of music that we both had a relationship to. And... Um, that, that was profound. Very profound. 
Uh, Loretta Lynn still is always one of the most genuine people. She's never forgotten where she's came from. She is truly um, the type of a singer that if you listen to her sing, it resonates the beauty of the mountains and all that she's endured in life. My grandmother too had, there's always a reminder of those two. They both remind me of each other <laughs> and it was nice. The third one I'll mention because it's, I'm already 32 minutes into this. Wow, I only intended on doing this for a 15 minute uh, podcast. That uh, Chris Christopherson, you know. But yeah, first time I saw him was at the Palace Theater. I seen him twice there in Greensburg, PA, with my mother and my brother. And uh, there's another guy. My dad would sing me to sleep with Chris's songs. My dad was born in 1927, went to World War II in Korea. He uh, grew up more with the uh, music like Frank Sinatra and uh, big bands and stuff, but... Uh, Pretty much beat generation style, but Chris Christopherson's love songs, especially for the good times. I was saying to sleep by that as a baby. And my dad had a horrible uh, off key singing on purpose to a baby. He always said that'll put a baby to sleep anytime because it won't want to hear it. But for the good times to me touched me so profoundly because I just lost my father and that always kind of made the, the writing of Chris Christopherson be a, like a father figure to me Willie too Willie's like a father figure they're both kind of like father figures to me because they, they're they're cut from the same thread as my dad they're both the type of men that um, you can bet your life on every word they say they uh, they're true and honest and good and uh, pure in their motives and if uh, you feel they've lived a certain way, you know that uh, you can follow in some pattern. But we'll see Chris and he had a cold at the time and he's up there and he starts laughing. He says, hey, he blows his nose and drinks a bottle of water. And he goes, hey, you people, he says, getting your money's worth. You get to see an old guy blow his nose, drink Gatorade, and sing music. And I just, I just laughed because I thought, you know what, Chris? Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted. I wanted, and it was, this was when he was doing it at the time with just him and his guitar. Um, and both, both times. And it, it, he covered all those songs that, I would listen to repeatedly as a kid and then some later on when I was in college and driving back and forth. And then the second time I saw my, I gave his son a copy of my book and uh, my mom, mom was like, I can't believe you did that. Uh, you gave it to his son. I said, yeah. I said, so he's done the same. It was just a little bit of a, a way of saying thank you and it, it probably got pitched uh, pitched in the garbage I imagine 
<laughs> I don't I'm expect him to read my books on a sailor, but you know, it was, I'd emailed him ahead of time and said, you know, Chris, uh, your music reminds me of my dad. And I told him the whole story and, and I, I, I hope he kept it. I don't know. You get so many things people give you when you're out around. I, I, you know, it's, it's overwhelming, but the second time it, uh, was just as beautiful. And I know he's been battling a lot of problems with Lyme's disease. So, uh, every time you see Chris, it's, it's a, it's a holy thing. It really is a holy thing. And again, um, he, he's a really private guy. Like he, uh, I never, oh, at that kind of a venue, you don't get to really have a chance to meet people. If my brother Mark was alive, I probably could, but you don't really, again, it's like, like, what do you, what do you say to somebody? You, uh, your music touched me and, um, it's the most important thing is the music and a the person. They're a human being like anybody else. Nobody is, uh, is, uh, you know, an icon of Hollywood celebrity, whatever you want to call people. We're all human beings on this earth. And I think that they, you can connect with both of their music and Loretta Lynn's that, um, they're very deep felt human beings that care a lot. And uh, both Chris and uh, Willie are veterans. So that aspect of it too, my dad being a veteran, I've always really loved all those veterans' causes. So I have somewhere a uh, recording from that time on my phone that might exist of my mother singing along and Chris singing uh my mother being sitting next to me in the concert hall. And I thought, wow, afterwards, I'm like, you know, I recorded this. I really had to hide my phone. It's, it's illegal to do. I'm sorry, Chris. But I, I said to my mom, I said, I got you doing a duet with Chris Christopherson. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, uh, it is pretty, pretty wild. You know, you, you uh, look back on those three performances in my life. Those are the three I'd mentioned above all. What were the three that really inspired you? The two with Chris, I'll count that as one, because that's meeting, that's hearing one probably the most profound, deeply poetic songwriters that ever lived. And well, Bob Dylan would be a second. I'm sorry, gotta put Chris first. Uh, with just his guitar, his black jean jacket on, harmonica, and uh, <laughs> he was having a heck of a time. The guitar, the, the plug kept falling out, you know, but uh, <laughs> he kept with it, and that, that just that just made it. It was it was beautiful. Loretta Lynn and her daughters, that was that was so sweet, and she brought her little granddaughter out on stage. Never forget that. I can see that. I can see that just as much as if I was there. That beautiful Opry House with the uh, beautiful designs on the on the wall. You know, you're in that environment, stage. Then Willie at that Rocky Gap. That uh, that was the best performance in that summer heat 
that uh, impacted me at a time when he wrote this, the album Spirit, and he was going through a really tough time in his life. And uh, that album Spirit, I think, is one that uh, I have that bandana and I've worn it all the time. And um, I have a Raylan Nelson one now that I wear a lot. <laughs> but uh, those are those are things that. I'm thankful that those types of people in the music industry have inspired me to be a writer. And listening to Willie talk about it today really was nice. So I wanted to get back to that. But um, we're going through this COVID thing, and uh, it's, it's not about money or status or people or places. Willie hit on that today. He says, you know, he said it's about giving back. I forget how he said it, but I'll paraphrase. It was basically about, you know, he said, we're all suffering. He said, I have a little easier time than some people. He said, but you look at what some people are going through. And he, there's a video of it. And you, you can just see in his eyes how how uh, he's thinking about all the people out there. And he's, he's really caring. So, uh I wanted to drop that for this this video. My whole point of this is the charities, Christmas time, Thanksgiving. I really pushed to have. Uh, I donated a good bit for turkeys, uh, for families and food for families, and uh, push for it. I'm doing the pancreatic cancer thing too this this month because that's the disease that my father passed away from. Is you know, but for Christmas this year, I really want to push for. Uh, I don't care what charity it is. Do your own research. I'm going to say um, Salvation Army is one I would put high on my list. Look into your local area and do the most good. If if you can, you know. If you can't, you're probably one of the people that's hurting, as I am. I'm I'm really, I've really been hit hard this year. I've really, uh, well, can't talk about it at the moment, but... Uh, I'm several thousand in the red right now myself. So I know I know we're all suffering. But don't forget what the holidays mean. And Black Friday is tonight. Who cares? Who cares? I, I bought a few things that I wanted because the prices are right. Uh, that I need. But I'm not out to uh, buy anything that... Uh, just for the sake of it. Okay, get back to what the holidays really mean. Uh, if you're, whatever your religion is, I'm, I, I, I'm going to say Christmas for Christ, but if you're a Jew, if you're Muslim, whatever, um, get back to the religion. What's the heart of that is the people that you love, the connection, the feelings you have with one another. That is... The most important thing. I'm going to be doing a lot for, uh, trying to do a lot for Christmas. This upcoming next few weeks, if I can. And uh, right now I'm jumping through hoops for work. I have these things I have to do that uh, are dangerous. I don't want to do, but... Uh, I'm going to do them many ways I have to if I want to maintain this job to let me do what I love doing. But um, thinking about all you 
stay safe, stay blessed, stay loved, um, be loved, and above all, be kind to one another. Let this holiday be not about things. Let it be about people. And uh, One of the songs I'm thinking about right now, I'm going to listen to. I can't play it because I don't have any right to, but I'd, I'd play it right now and have you listen to it. Is Willie mentioned it today, his song Pretty Paper. He had a story behind it. Um, really hits on the heart of what the holidays are. You know, it's, uh, I hope he doesn't mind me doing this. Pretty paper, pretty ribbons of blue. Wrap your presents from your darling, from you. Pretty paper to say, I love you. Pretty paper, pretty ribbons of blue. <laughs> All right, I'll let you all with that. And uh, have a thankful, wonderful holidays.